this. You, if you're gonna, you gotta expand your horizons a little bit and, and wear take a, dress. a chance. Yeah, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'd have to wear a dress. So, big deal. How's that gonna change your life? What I are you protecting, honestly? My ball sack. I don't know. I mean, it's like <laughs> Saroy did it. He got famous. What? Yes, Roy wore a dress at the Super yeah. Bowl and on his Twitch stream, and now he's a Twitch partner so and world that, famous. That's what so. I said earlier. Yeah, he embraced it, and it didn't kill him. Made him more famous. All right. You might be known for something other than Why do you hate money, Craig? I love money. He likes money, but he doesn't like to bet unless it's a sure thing, so it's not betting. That's not betting. Sorry. You know? It's okay. It's it's you know, it's fine. Oh, I, well, I think, Rick, come on, back up, because I, I think you're, you're – um, we were engaged a few weeks ago when – I didn't propose to you. Say what? Keep going. What the hell just happened? Just keep going. I don't remember where Jesus. I was. Oh, 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 oh. When Tiger and Phil played that, with um, Brady and Peyton, uh-huh. the NFL just naturally comes, right? I mean, it. it's just... Don't smirk at that. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> to license it. Kick butt. They have engine. a wine room. Wine room. Stop laughing at I, me. Typical alumni. And you guys have no patience for anything. How bad of an annihilating, annihilation, annihil, a, a beating. <laughs> beating. <laughs> I thought you were going to try and pull out colonoscopy again. Howdy ho, it's 8.05 on Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, the ticket, if it's Saturday morning. Well, you got the tee box for the last 28 years. I'm Rick Arnett, normally sitting right next to Craig Rosengarten, who's up in Kansas City doing a little business. So in his stead is former tour caddy and, uh, as mentioned earlier, son of a famous uh, restaurateur. That would be Mark Samble. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey. We've had him on before, brings a lot of good insight, and we got a lot of stuff to get to today, obviously. We're broadcasting from the greatness of Crest Cars, our home away from home every last Saturday of the month. Crest Cadillac, Crest Volvo, Crest Infinity. They still have 2022 Escalades in stock and uh, limited uh, availability, so you can get those today. They got uh, on the Infinity side the all new 2022 QX60. And Crest Volvo wins back-to-back Volvo Sales Excellence Awards. That's a, that's a top-rated dealer, so good for them. So if you come by, say hi. Uh, they have some great models to look at, and obviously their service is par excellence. Also, brought to you by the greatness of PGA Tour Superstores. Got four stores in the Metroplex. Closest one is right down on Preston. That's their biggest uh, revenue store in the whole chain. And we'll be at the uh, Arlington store next uh, Saturday. Okay, uh, we have Kern out here engineering. Morning, you buddy. Good morning to you. Always good to see your smiling face. And back at the station, Jay King, the incomparable Jay King. Good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning. I met uh, Kern for the first time in person last week. 
at Ticketstock. At Ticketstock. I think I've talked to him for like two, three years every Saturday. Uh huh. And now uh-huh. I finally got to see him in person. Put a face to an A. Exactly. Yeah. Ain't that great? <laughs> and also, Jonathan Dodd doing tickers twice an hour. Good morning to you. Morning, Rick. So, a lot of stuff to get to today. Um, a lot of intrigue on the PGA Tour, Mark. Um, mostly, I don't know if it's sensationalistic, but it's it's definitely put golf on the front page. Uh, it used to be Tiger. used to put golf on the front page for any number of reasons. And now other uh, players are starting to add into the intrigue and the mix and, and so forth. Um, we'll d- definitely get into that starting at 8.30 and then at uh, 8.50. And then after that, I uh, want to do a little Ask the Caddy. Mark, you've uh, caddied for over 200 pro starts on the Corn Ferry and the PGA Tour. You have a win with uh, Kevin Tway. Yep. So that was huge. And there's it, it's funny, caddies are a little bit different. They're... You know, it's the old uh, show up, keep up, shut up. Yep. But caddies also have a lot of opinions if, <laughs> if they're able to speak them. And since you're not on bag right now, now you're in the turf business. Congrats on that. Thank you. Quick little thing on that. I've uh, did ever since I finished caddying a couple of years ago. I started working in the turf world, focused on commercial business, and now am starting my own residential company called Other Side Turf, and I'm actively doing that and looking forward to it. Good, good job. Okay, so let's get this show on the road. Uh, don't forget uh, Golf Moose. Uh, we merged with uh, Golf Moose Ideal Golfer did, and you can still play Horseshoe Bay, Sugar Tree, Sky Creek, Cleburne, Tangle Ridge, and Prairie Lake. So go there if you want some discounted golf. All right, up next, we're going to change things up a little bit. Let's start with the leaderboards over at the Honda because not the greatest field in the no, world. It's an interesting leaderboard. But... But there are some uh, stories underneath the, the scenes that might uh, make you raise an eyebrow just a little bit. We'll do that next on The Little Ticket. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. Thank you, Jonathan Dodd, for the uh, tease for 8.30. We'll get into Phil, Greg Norman, the tour, brands, sponsorships, uh, the outcome of all this intrigue and mayhem. Uh, we'll do that at 8.30 and 8.50. And then at 9.10 and 9.30, we'll ask the caddy. Mark was a caddy on the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour for over 200 starts, has a win under his belt, and uh, has a lot of insight, obviously, in what's going on, and we'll pepper him with questions, and he's usually pretty forthright. And if you want to ask us some questions, you can do so via Twitter, at Rick, and we'll pass those along if they are worthy. Okay, first, uh, this is brought to you by the greatness of Club Corp. Their Club Corp Classic will be in April, and it's going to be a Champions Tour event with a very good celebrity list, including uh, Aaron Rodgers is committed to play, and Larry the Cable Guy, and some other... It's it's a fun format because the Champions Tour is kind of a... It's kind of a feel-good league. Usually don't have cuts, yep. except for their majors, and uh, and you get some of these other guys out there. Roger Clemens will be out there and some others... Um, Pudge. It'll be fun. So check it out at clubcorpclassic.com. So the leaderboard this week, uh, they are in um, Palm Beach, or P- uh, Palm Beach Gardens, and they're playing the Honda. And this has always been an intriguing tournament for me because it just looks like it just looks like it kicks your butt. Yeah, it's it's uh, one of the hardest courses on tour year in year out for sure. It was not one I looked forward to every year. 
and they have a they have a pretty low strength of field too. It's only like two twenty seven. Last week at the Genesis it was over the over five hundred. Yeah, it's a, definitely people coming from West Coast. A lot of the guys live over there. Even some of the guys that live in Florida don't play. That kind of shows. <laughs> the yeah, why go get beat up? For yeah, no good reason, right? Right. They're like, I mean, I think Justin lives ten minutes from the course. He's not playing. Justin Thomas, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he won there, so it's like it kind of shows. It, it can beat you up if the weather's not great. If course is tough, it just it's a tough start to the Florida swing. As you get in, they're more focused on the players and then getting ready for Augusta. Well, one of the things that's interesting about Florida is it's all Bermuda. So exactly. So when you come over from the West After Coast, the which winners. is Poana and um, Kikuya and everything else, mm-hmm. now you have Bermuda, and it's a different it's a different way of putting. You now you have and chipping more importantly even than the putting. Yeah, the you look at grain. Chipping the grain out of Honda, it's 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 tough. It, it you got coming off the winter, depending on what kind of winter they had, you can get some very patchy grass out there. The greens saw that one year. One year, the first year I ever was there, they clearly had kind of lost the greens a little bit in the winter, and it was just they dumped a bunch of sand on the greens and painted Yikes. them. I mean, when you hit the ball on the green, like a rooster you'd see, tail, you <laughs> see sand fly up when it landed. And it just can be, and around the greens was the same way, sandy, grainy lies. I mean, you could look, people were laughing at these pros hitting it a foot in front of them, but you wouldn't want to do it yourself. Oh, no, no. But it's, it's, it is interesting to watch the pros have to deal with what we deal with sometimes, right? Certainly. Because they're used to pristine conditions, and the balls never bounce. They roll perfectly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're playing on stuff that sometimes we have to get accustomed to. And you say, okay, let's see how I do it. I was, I was always wondering this, Mark, when um, when – when COVID was in its, uh, you know, right in the in the midst of it, and they wouldn't even allow volunteers on the course, mm-hmm. and I was wondering how the pros were going to be able to find their errant shots. It became definitely a th- it, it was a definite obstacle. There was more lost balls. I guarantee, if you looked at the stats, I haven't done it, but I bet there was more lost balls in 2021. Yeah, especially since they shortened the time frame. Shorten the time frame and with not – I mean, the rough's just thick. You can lose – I mean, you get to some tournaments like Torrey Pines and stuff like that where even with volunteers, sometimes you hit it just left of the fairway and you're walking around for mm-hmm. – it happened this year. I worked for Kelly Craft just for one week in Hawaii a few months ago or a month ago, and uh, there weren't – they're they're still pretty strict over there, and there yes, was limited volunteers, and they had way more rough than before, and you could – you could struggle to find a golf ball on a on a ball by the green, which can be very very frustrating. Daniel Berger shot a pair of sixty five, so he, the way he's playing, it doesn't look like a tough course. Uh, that's that's some lights out shooting right there. It is, and he's leading by three over Chris Kirk. He lives right down the road as well. Yep, Kirk uh, Kitayama, and uh, there it's seven under par. The one I'm going down to is Chase Seaford. He's at uh, he's tied for six at five under. So on Monday, and I'm sure you're familiar with this. They, had a Monday, they have, always have a Monday qualifier, mm-hmm. and they have four guys get in. Usually. Four guys get in. You usually have to shoot a 65 or so just to maybe even get in a playoff. It might be the toughest qualifier for, and you don't. A lot of people don't play it, and they don't play that course, right? Correct. Yeah, it's somewhere in the area, usually within an hour. Sometimes it's kind of off the beaten path. It's so you're playing blind mostly. Yeah, because you can't. I mean, it's hard to get there usually guys doing it or playing a tournament the week before or something so they get there sunday teed up monday and fire at the pin that's all you can do so so four and on they had to come back because they had a 16 
player for one spot playoff, which is ridiculous. They had to go off in, in three groups. And one guy won it on the first hole, Rick Lamb. He shot a he got an eagle. <laughs> and uh, he made the cut on the line, which you and I were talking about this yesterday, Mark, is uh, when you get in because of the uh, qualifier, sometimes that's your tournament, yeah, right? for sure. And you don't make any money on that. No, you cost you thousands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not a member of the PGA Tour and you try to do a Monday qualifier, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's $500. Okay. You don't have to have a caddy. Um, some guys, though, if you have conditional status and stuff, you're required to carry the staff bag. So you kind of need a caddy. You'll see the occasional guy. I'm pretty sure Luke List did it one time. He carried his staff bag in a Monday qualifier because you don't want to pay the 100 bucks. All right, so segue off that real quick. Um, when they talk about how much a caddy helps a player, if a player had to carry his own bag, and it's a staff bag, which probably weighs 40 pounds, 40 pounds and more if it's going to rain, mm-hmm. right, because of towels and rain gear and everything else. How many strokes does he save by not having his shoulders beat to hell? A lot with a staff bag. If you tell me they can carry a carry bag, that's a whole different deal. That I don't understand. I mean, if you can, if you can walk, if you can, why do you need a staff bag? I guess it keeps everything equal because you are. No, 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 it's not required. That's a that's a uh, sponsor deal. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Because there's like like paying because it is a, a few times a year. Does they'll give the tour guys carry bags to carry because mm-hmm. they they don't sell staff bags. So in my opinion, I would think if you gave every tour player this the carry bags for their caddy to carry, you're gonna sell bags because they're like, damn that that's bag what I'm thinking. Looks good, yeah. and you get caddies to say it's the lightest bag I've ever carried. It's the driest bag I've ever. Staff carried. bags are usually put in the corner of your office. Yes, right. And if you go to the store to buy one, they're like a thousand dollars. Yeah, like they're not worth it, and they're they you can don't barely keep it trunk. on a cart. You can't keep it on a cart. It's yeah, it's crazy. You don't want a staff bag unless you're getting paid to use it. Well, the reason I bring this up is because Chase Seifert, he is tied for sixth. He was fifth in the playoff, and uh, he got in because another player had to withdraw. He was first alternate, and this a lot does. of guys do that. You, if you're an alternate, so he has conditional status. A lot of guys will go. Because you need starts. You've got to get your FedEx points, so it's worth taking the risk. And they can get into the Monday for free or cheap. Not that that matters when you're at that level. but And they'll go do the Monday qualifier, but they're still on the alternate list. So sometimes if you're first alternate, like you'll play nine holes in the qualifier, and an official will come out. That's what you always dream about, mm-hmm. being four over in the Monday qualifier, and then an official coming out and saying, hey, you got in on your number, uh-huh. and they drive you in. That's funny. Okay, so he's tied for sixth, and we two more uh, rounds, obviously, today and tomorrow. Like I said, not a lot of players uh, that you would recognize, maybe, if you're a casual golfer. Lee Westwood's tied for 22nd. Danny Will tied for 22nd. Rory Sabatini went 65-74. Those, uh, those always amaze me. It's it's tough putting, like, but Berger did a couple 65s. That's tough to do. Yeah, it's really hard because you'd get to the fifth hole, and if you were three under through five the day before, you're like, well, and you're one over, all of a sudden you're like, oh, no. Like, I'm, I'm four worse than I was yesterday, and I still have holes to play. Ricky Fowler made the cut. He's, boy, interesting player. Um, I don't know where he's at. He's highly marketable, right? Oh, yeah. He's probably one of the top five or six tour players. He was, for sure. Yeah. I don't know how much now, but he definitely still has. But the... I still see him on commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's he's his face, his name. For everything I've ever heard, he's an awesome guy. He is. Um, but it just shows you when 
Okay, we'll talk about Phil in the next segment, obviously. But one of my one of my most the records I admire the most is is that Phil was like top fifty for twenty five years. Yeah, something crazy. And you know, you can lose your game just like Ricky did or some other play. You know, you have a couple of good years, and all of a sudden you just either you get you're following the money and you're burned out, or you have an injury, you have domestic issues, you have a whatever. Baby. Yeah, or a baby. Yeah, or you just lose your swing. Yeah, I mean it happens, right? And then you lose your confidence, and then you you're totally in the weeds. And so, I think that's pretty interesting. But plus two was the cut line, which is pretty, pretty high. Yeah, it's high, and I've been watching a lot this year. The cuts, it's incredible how good these guys have gotten. The middle, the middle tier guys, the guys that really affect the cuts. You look at the scores this year. I mean, Hawaii, the cut was – I know there was no win, but there was rough. It was like four under. Mm-hmm. Um, Tory was four under or mm-hmm. something. That – I love that place. That's one of my – but I don't see four under – 65 guys, four under on yeah. the north and south course. That's, that's – These guys that's are a, just they're, – They're just – the average guy is better than they used to be. They come out 22 years old. They've got all the knowledge. They're ready. They have all the equipment. They're already trained, like – you can it's because of the technology and what's available they they're ready and these cuts are insane <laughs> they they really are two over is normal for there so when i see a guy like uh Colin Morikawa or John uh John Rom and Morikawa might be the best ball striker but at least with irons yeah so when you're the best of the best i mean you were you were a really good golfer in college and everything, and everything's relative, right? Because these guys are probably plus sevens, plus yeah, sixes, they're, yeah. and they're plus sevens, plus sixes on PGA Tour course, not on your, you know, your country club, but yeah. with no rough or anything like that, and, and greens that are slower than than normal. So when you when you miss out, when you lose a stroke or even a half a stroke around, you're you're way back in the in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's got to be frustrating because you've got to make a cut to make money, right? Especially if you don't have a lot of endorsements and all that. Case in point, Matthew Wolf, eighty-one seventy-six. Yeah, that one's confusing to me. I, I like him. I didn't get to know him real well. I knew him a little bit because when he first came out, he went to Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. So Kevin and him knew each other. And Kevin we're, Yeah, we're sorry. We're friendly and whatnot. He's so he's fun to watch. When he first came out, we played a couple practice rounds with him and a few tournament rounds with him, and it's just. It is. It's, it's something different. Kind of like when Ricky came out. Mm-hmm. It had a little different action, a little different flair to him. So I, I hope he figures it out. I know he's had some struggles that have been kind of well documented mm-hmm. with his own personal life. And I get that a little bit. I mean, people, once you, when you've been out there, you see it's it's hard. And he's young and he had all that success and all of a sudden was supposed to be Ricky. And it's not easy. As I'm... Not fond in saying, but I say it a lot. Uh, there's a huge difference between success and fame. Yeah. You can handle success. Fame is a whole different animal. And when you're under the limelight and now you're, everybody's checking at you under a microscope and there's all this scrutiny and you really don't have any private time anymore and everybody's hounding you for interviews and you just go, oh, my God, I never got a chance to even grow into this. Everybody wants success. I don't think everybody realizes that the cost they don't of fame. Want, yeah, what the, and I saw that firsthand again with Kevin Tway. Like he, just like anybody, wanted to win and all that. And when he did win, he achieved his goal. And then the fame that came, and he didn't get. I'm not talking Phil Mickelson type, yeah, he didn't bit, blow but up. it's more of 
It's like relative. It, yeah, it's all of a sudden we get to the next tournament, and when instead of getting to show up at 10 o'clock on Tuesday, eat breakfast, and stroll out to the – it's like, no, you need to be here at 8.30 for a media mm-hmm. thing for 30 minutes. He gets there. They're not ready. Like, it's it's a lot. And it, you better it have – It makes your job really hard, and it makes you appreciate more what <coughs> Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, and – also respect, like, okay, some of those things you hear about that have gone wrong in their lives, mm-hmm. everyone goes through. Sure. It's just it's in the limelight, and everyone sees it, and so it's like, well, we, it, it becomes a bigger deal. But it's like, wait, that's the same thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. I got in a fight with my girlfriend, or I did this. Like, it's similar. It just got blown up. Yes. Yeah, it's not your own little world, and everybody knows it. Yeah. Uh, next week is Bay Hill, and uh, Bryson is playing Another in tough that. one. Yeah. Bryson's going to play in that. He's he's entered the field. Nice. So uh, as we get into the next segment, which is about the whole SGL versus the PGA Tour and Phil and Greg Norman and all that, that was brought to you by the greatness of Arcus Golf. They have a multitude of golf courses here in the Metroplex uh, at every price range, obviously starting off with Cowboys and all their amenities. So if you're looking to play a good round of golf today, a lot of choices at ArcusGolf.com. All right, up next, let's get knee-deep into this. It's uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Some players versus the world. And but before we do that, I'm gonna talk about the greatness of pure swing golf. Anthony Broussard and his staff, Chad, Jeff, and Sam, do a heck of a job. They're over by the Galleria, just to the west of it. And I started taking lessons there, so is Craig. And one thing I've gone, I've never been able to hit a draw in my life. Ever, ever, ever. And he gave me some quick action on how to do that, some little moves. Yeah, you have to practice it. I mean, you, it's weird how that works. It's you just it just doesn't automatically be absorbed, right? It was it's not like uh, uh, the Matrix where they just download a program into you and yeah. you're ready to go. You got to actually practice it, come back, you get a feel for it. It's there's a difference between feel and real. Uh, I love that term because it makes it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they do a, a really good job on on. Being enthusiastic, being knowledgeable, not overloading you too much. And everybody we've sent over there has just been overjoyed. And, and they've gotten back into the enjoyment of golf. Golf can yeah. just, <laughs> it can drive you nuts. Even if you're playing well sometimes, especially if, how you manage your expectations. Yeah. But the Pure Swing guys over there do a fabulous job. They're reasonable in their cost. And uh, they give you all the training and everything you need. But, again, you got to put it in, too. It's a it's a symbiotic relationship there. So and Anthony can show you how to do it too. Yes, he can. Texas Open winner. I've played a lot of golf with him growing up and in the recent past. Mm -hmm. He can still get it around. Yes, he can. Yeah, he'll show me. I'll go do something and he'll show me on the on launch monitor too. And yeah. Oh, okay. So that's how it's really done. Yeah. He's got to slip that in every now and then. Oh, I don't blame him. (laughs) Teacher's got to show the people. You know. All right. So check it out. It's pureswinggolf.com. If you want to enjoy the game a little bit more, get some more out of it, go see them at pureswinggolf.com. We're all friends. Radio ninety six seven and thirteen ten. The tick. You okay there, Kern? 8.35 on the ticket. T-Box out of Crest Cars today. Crest Volvo, Infinity, and Cadillac. Great deals on all their models. Excellent prices on pre-owns, and their service is impeccable. Come on, I hear it's right off the Sam Rayburn Tollway, just to the west of the Dallas North Tollway. So we'll be here till 10 o'clock today. Love being out here as always. Okay, next two segments. Again, I'm not sure outside of the golf world, how much this is playing out. 
uh, if you dive into Twitter, you have a golf list. I have a golf list. I'm not sure if Mark Sambo, who's filling in for Craig today, um, ex-tour caddy, over 200 starts, um, has that. But there are certain people I follow, and I use that kind of as, a, as my research sheet. And I look to see what people, what people are writing and if I want to like it so I can read about it later. But for the average sports fan, I'm not sure how much this is moving the needle, at least not long term. Uh, so what it boils down to is this, and I'm not going to get into the micro stuff. If you want to read all this stuff, feel free because it kind of gives me tired head a little bit. Um, one of the things I was interested in is obviously the ramifications, and we'll talk about that in the next segment. But this one is kind of like a, a primer, an overview of what happened. So way back when, uh, they had this uh, uh, PGL, Premier Golf League. And that was going to start kind of an upstart league, uh, in con- not with the tour's blessing, obviously, but it was going to be another tour um, to hopefully lure some of the better players and start. It's kind of like the AFL and the NFL back in the day before there was a merger. Except uh, in a different location. Yeah. Yes. So the AFL-NFL, the AFL was p- trying to poach players, give them huge signing bonuses, Joe Namath and all that. And the NFL got tired. They realized these guys weren't going away. This isn't an XFL league. This is might have something. And they said, you know what? Why don't we just merge so we can all save a little bit of money? We're not going to money whip each other and go bankrupt. Uh, let's do that. So the PGL uh, got started, and then it kind of went by the wayside, and partly because for the same reason the Saudi Golf League or the Super Golf League, whatever you want to call it, had roadblocks too because they were only going to be a factor if they lured over some of the better players. Mm-hmm. If you're talking from 100 to 150, um, that's Corn Ferry, in yeah. kind of right. Well, it's yeah, it's just your, your, for name it's, recognition and star power. It's an inferior product. Yes, and how? With, it's how, not a bad product. It's no, inferior to the top. And it's, it's all like, relative, yeah. right? So Phil and he said two other prominent players. Um, went ahead and hired some lawyers to develop a uh, contract language to get this thing started and how it would work and how it would lure the players and how there would uh, be a minimal amount of roadblocks. Which I don't see a problem with. They're just trying to make sure they cover their end and see what's available. That's Well, unless you're the PGA Tour, and now one of your tour members is hiring, a f- hiring lawyers to basically g- compete against you. Right. So you have to protect your turf. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, uh, Phil talked to Alan Shipnuck. He's a longtime golf writer. He used to work for Sports Illustrated. Now he's got his own uh, website. And he's coming out with a book, an unauthorized biography of Phil. And Phil called him one day, got him on the phone, and then started talking about some kind of incendiary. Incendiary? Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. No, it's not, is it? I, not the right person to ask. Yeah, me, me, probably <laughs> me either. Um that was going to cause a firestorm. And, uh, and <laughs> thank you. And essentially what it amounted to was Phil kind of letting open a vein and just barfing on everything, right? First he said, you know, I, I want to uh, – I, I acknowledge that these guys over in Saudi Arabia are bad people. They do bad things. They're heinous things. I totally acknowledge that. Having said that uh, – I'm still going to use them as leverage. Uh, I'm still okay with it. And 
and then later would t- would tell whoever wanted to listen that everything he said was supposedly off the record. Well, Alan Shipnuck is a longtime golf writer, and authors know if you're going to be listening to something like that, you better make sure that it's on the record. And uh, and he immediately when that when Phil came back and said it was off the record, he came right out and said that is not true. And so now you've got two people that are just like straight up saying one's lying, one's not. He mm-hmm. he straight up. Alan said that was not off the record. No, and so and he's been in it like you said a long time. He knows what off the record means. Like, and and I think and Phil, Phil was on board him. with the book, so like he wouldn't yep. want to upset him. So he there's stuff I'm sure that was said off the record that isn't in the book. So if he would have put that, I I don't know. I have trouble. Well, what happens is then you start creating doubt. Yeah. And when you do that, then whatever you're trying to expound is the truth. Everybody's kind of scratching their head and they're going, uh-huh. And then the skepticism comes in and so forth. So <clears throat> that was a that was huge. And and everybody backlashed at him. The players went against him. Uh, Rory called him greedy. And, yeah, there's and, been like, some harsh words. Oh, huge, huge stuff. Uh uh, Brooks Kepka kind of said the same thing. I, I'm not quite sure why Phil's calling the PGA Tour obnoxiously greedy. Yeah. I don't get that. That seems like, you know, pot calling kettle, you know, that type of thing. And Billy Horschel's been very outspoken, like he likes to be on it and has straight up bashed Phil Mickelson. Like, Well, what's interesting is allegedly uh, the SGL contacted every top 100 player. The one I didn't see... And, and he, he said he even admitted he wasn't contact. Was Cameron Smith? He's a really good player in Aussie. Yeah. And I was top count, thirty player. Yeah, I was thinking thing. really. And so, um, so everybody's contacted, and I think a lot of them were on a wait and see basis. Nobody said absolutely no. Of course. Not. Initially, I, I think Rory was against it from the start. He yeah. just says, "How much money do you need?" And when we're talking about, but he's always been that guy, and that's why I love him. But yeah. It, it, He's always been the one that said stuff like that. Like, I'm, I play for trophies. I play for pride. I, I, when people, when he won his first FedEx Cup, but they asked what he, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, what's ten million? I'm just gonna add it to the rest. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna spend it. Well, when you're at that echelon, you already have your money. Yeah. If you're talking like a Peter Malnati or somebody like that, more of a journeyman. Um, and 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 Phil's point was. We, as star power players, are making money for everybody else, but where's our take? Well, your take is multi-million dollars worth of endorsements, and, and Phil's basic stance was, and it was teetering as it, that he wanted, the, he wanted the rights to the media. Yeah. So he was mad because when he hit that great shot at Augusta in between the uh, pine, pine needles in the trees, um, he says, I don't get any rights on that. They play that thing incessantly. Well, every other sport has the same thing. Players don't have any rights. They have, they have, you have rights to your name. Yeah, Michael Jordan have, doesn't have rights to the video of him crossing over and making his free throw shot. Like, So it makes you wonder, if you look at all this, and we'll get into Norman in a second, um, what's the motivation for Phil to do this? He just won a major. Old guy you know, old mm-hmm. guy ever won a major. He was the only top ten last year. So he should have been riding pretty high. He's won four out of like six or seven Champions Tour events. He shows up, he's going to be top three. So what's the motivation? Is it? It he seems claims like, he won the PIP. Yeah, yeah, which was eight million dollars, ten million, something like yeah. Something. 
So, and he went 15, he earned $15 million in those match play events, even though he said he had to pay the rights. He, he didn't. Turner, Turner Broadcasting did. So t- the problem with Phil is he, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And until you're not, or you're deluded into the fact you are, and you start saying things. So and, you start talking. And people start picking these things out. And maybe in a, in a, in a world that didn't have social media, might have been able to skate a little bit. But once you say it, it's out there, and you can't delete. People have screenshots and everything else. So Phil took it in the shorts, literally. Now, Greg Norman, um, who's and been – the wallet. Yes, yes. And we'll get into that in the next segment because Sorry. what's the aftermath? No, it's okay, Mark. It, what's in the aftermath to all this? Now, Greg Norman comes out, and he writes a, a pointed letter to Tim Fincham saying, you know, this is just tip of the iceberg here, pal. You know, I hope, you're, yeah, I hope your lawyers are ready – to uh, for a fight, and that's where it gets really murky. And talks about how that you can't tell people where they can and can't play. You can if it's your. You can tell them you're not allowed on our tour. Like, yeah, I don't. I, don't under, I read the letter. I didn't understand that part of. I don't letter. think anybody else did either. And you think guys like this would have a PR firm, would have other lawyers involved, and and uh, so that whatever they're going to say has some has some teeth. Yeah, and neither one of them did. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I got to say one thing for, uh, for, um, uh, Monahan, the commissioner, um, kind of kept a cool head through all this. Yeah. He looks like the mature one throughout this. He did the, he didn't take the road that Norman's taking of like, or big high and mighty. It's more just look, here's the, if you want to go do it, go do it, but go on, get on, go do it. Like, don't stick around. Don't, we don't need to talk about it. That's the rules now when they when it's when it was getting started actually um the sgl thought they were going to have 20 players committed and most of them were kind of like the names of the past ian poulter Henrik stenson lee westwood you know these type of players and, and mostly euros yeah interesting enough and um they were paid good money but they wouldn't be able to play in the Ryder cup or captain a Ryder cup that was one of the stipulations and i think ian poulter was up for that yeah phil mickelson wouldn't be able to captain in uh, 25 at um, at Beth Page Black, right. which is kind of he's like the golden child out oh, there. Yeah. So to give that up, and so so what happens with all this? What's the ramifications? How long does this last? Um, let's get into that next because now we're getting into the the branding part and how much are you ruining your name after years and years of building it up? And that was brought to you by. The greatness of Ham's Meats and Market. Oh, right over here in McKinney, they have every type of meat, all custom, high-grade. They have wine. They have sides. They have everything else. Tony Smith and his family does a, does a great job out there. Check it out. Ham's Meats and Market. All right. Up next, what did all this cost and to who? We'll do that. Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310. The Ticket. 8.54 on the Ticket T-Box out at Crest Cars today, Crest Volvo, Crest Cadillac, Crest Infinity, three great brands, all have models for your choosing. So come by here at CrestCars.com. We have uh, Mark Samble, caddied for over 200 Pro Tour events, and he's filling in for Craig today, who's up in Kansas City uh, doing some business. He'll be back next week when we're at PGA Tour Superstores in Arlington. And this is brought to you by the City of Arlington Golf Courses because they are hosting the Veritex Bank Championship on April 13th through the 16th and went there last year. Corn Ferry is, I would call that 4A. 
Oh yeah. It's they're just and some guys that have won on tour are back on it. Oh yeah. So guys, local guys too. Yeah. So good to have Mark here today to uh, fill in for Craig. But we'll talk about caddy stuff, and if you have any questions, you can uh, send them along at Arnett Rick on Twitter. So, um, what's the ramifications of all this? Um, yes, uh, there was a, a P1 that that tweeted me and said, uh, 16 and 19 hijackers in 9-11, and the whole operation was funded by Saudi Arabia. Not discounting that at all. Don't tell me Mickelson isn't a big deal. I'm talking about from the sports world. I mean, it's... <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, it's. Yeah. I understand, but yeah, that's not where I was going with it. Trust me. So, what are the ramifications of all this? So, Phil allegedly had DJ and Bryson kind of in the fold. Uh, the, all the all their lawyers were uh, banded together to come up with the language and everything for this SGL. And it took a while for DJ and Bryson to back off. They didn't say they were on. They didn't say, but they didn't say they're off either. Till kind of when Phil went off, and when Phil went off in a in a very poor way, very mismanaged way, um, others followed suit and just said, you know what, um, you might have twenty guys. And by the way, the SGL was going to announce it during the players. Yeah, it's kind of like a little dig, a little knife underneath the ribs. So, what it comes down to is this: what's public perception? Public public perception in my eyes mark is phil did phil got some action going but for all the wrong reasons and for all the, and all the right all the wrong ways to to expound on it mm-hmm. his language was horrible but what it also did either him and norman it also got the tour to open up their eyes and realize they just can't be the only game in town and this is my way or the highway so we need to need start infusing people with more money. The PIP program, it was pretty much just a set bonus for the top eight players, ten players that are, quote-unquote, the most uh, popular in social media, brought, you know, promoting the game Reward and all that. Reward them for making the game better for everybody. Yeah, so we're just going to put some extra bucks in your pocket, mm-hmm. right? They added uh, money to the FedEx Cup. They added more money to all these other things. These the Comcast. Are huge. The you purses are ridiculous. Sony Open was like $8 million. Yes. It used to be 5 Yes. So... As misguided as Phil was, and in a lesser point, Greg Norman. Greg Norman's on, trying to stand on a different hill. He just wants to be noted, yeah. right? He wants to be recognized, and the tour keeps on patting him on the head. And, and Greg, who's probably worth half a billion dollars yeah, at least, uh, that doesn't seem to matter. He wants to be recognized. But the downside is this. As I said earlier, Phil's top 50 for almost 30 years, which is ridiculously good. Tiger couldn't be that because you, there's so many other factors involved, right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, he had some long-standing sponsorships a- until yesterday. So he lost KPMG. He lost Workday. He lost Amstel. And f- from all reports, it sounds like he's losing Callaway, which he was signed on for a But it doesn't sound like they canceled him they or whatever, uh, terminated him. They, they are suspending, suspending him indefinitely. Him or like, uh, So they can... Which probably means he'll still have some connection, but he's not going to be Callaway's face. He won't be a face. They've expunged everything that had his image on their website, YouTube channel, everything. You're gone. One day you're the you're the top of the walk, and the next day you're just you just disappear. We just erased you. Mm-hmm. And so if Phil, uh, again, some reports were marked that um, 
he was he was panicking because of money and that in 2019 he sold his beloved Gulfstream jet and one of his friends said there's no way he would ever sell that if he didn't have to because that's like his fourth child he loved that thing more than anything any material thing he had so you leap to conclusions and you think well, you understand that though you love your plane as much as anything <laughs> that yeah right <laughs> so but the bottom line is when you're in that stratospheric type of income um it's all relative and so in in private planes to me not that i've i i, I mean <laughs> I, i've been on two of them i think in my life but one thing i do realize especially when you're traipsing around the world it's a it's a veritable time machine yeah. you wait for nobody you leave when you want you come back but when let's you want. be honest he's not going and getting on southwest c22 no he'll he'll lease one he's, he'll he's do it he'll yeah, do a net just timeshare i mean he's still he's so yeah so but continue i'm sorry no that's quite all right so whatever the motivation is you would have hoped he could have figured out a better way to get the tour to wake up and realize that there could be an upstart league we could start pilfering uh some of the players because maybe they're not happy um when Charlie Hoffman brought up the SGL because he got a bad ruling in his mind, that was that was a little uh, that was surprising to say the least. Yeah. Um, but but was forgotten because he's not Phil Mickelson. Yes. Yeah. So so what comes about this in the future? What's your take on how long this lasts? This whole. Um, I think the Saudi the league in general is, and I agree with you. I think it's kind of it's going to be it's beating a dead horse almost which seems early to say that it's just it's over now the league part of it the your party's not good if you don't have any good guess mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where it's at and where it's at if you look at if you just go on your phone and look at where saudi arabia is uh-huh. and tell me that phil mickelson wants to go spend even 10 weeks a year over there i mean just look at the physical location of it and where we are in the world right now you don't there's not too many of these guys even if you're flying on a golf stream over there that want to want to hang out there well allegedly 10 out of the 14 tournaments here in the states was going to be team format so there was going to be some a, yeah. a decent amount here but the tour is thinking about doing that yeah um they they they're incorporating s- several things that the SGL was thinking about of course doing. and that's what's great about it but i think the league kind of disappears because again if you get the middle tier guys which i think is really where they would be able to bribe them basically to come over and or to do what they want play their tournaments it's not as good a product and you're just not going to get the excitement if you don't have phil mickelson dustin johnson roy McRoy, bryson DeChambeau. if you've got jason kokrak peter malnati kevin mm-hmm. tway uh hudson swafford people like that i'm not down those are great golfers they're top in the world not compared to the Top Gun. So. Yeah, it's just like you were saying. It's like watching arena football. Well, uh, and I was, t- I was thinking this when we, when uh, when Craig was on last, is outside of Tiger in his prime, let's say. Let's say this all came back in the past, and Tiger was approaching. He goes, you know what? There's several reasons I'm not happy with the PGA Tour. I'm thinking about bolting. He brings a lot of people because he legitimizes the tour immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson at 51. I'm not so sure. I mean, he didn't win a major last year, but, again, it was his only top ten. I think Jordan Spieth would. Yeah, no, what would have happened if all the guys that came out, like what if Rory, who did was the first, who said, no, I love the PGA Tour, I support the PGA Tour, blah, blah, blah. What if instead he came out and said, I play 
I, I, yeah, the top to where we all agreed we had our own meeting and we're all going to go over there and it's going to be, we're going to put on the show and it's going to be, we're going to compete and how would things have gone differently? What if the players band together and did it that way? That would have been bad for the tour. And on top of that, what's going to happen uh, to Phil? Uh, yeah. I was going to, I was thinking the only um, athletic celebrity athlete celebrity celebrity athlete <laughs> would have been uh oj could never come back for whatever reason he's not going to get any endorsements or whatever murder's tough to come back yes it is and but almost every other player maybe and maybe not pete rose pete rose has done certain things but it's on a very small basis people have short memories certainly and if if phil comes back and actually is very contrite about everything comes across the right way us in society are, are very used to re- hearing about apologies that seem just thin as water. You know, that you can tell it's written by a PR firm. Mm-hmm. It's just put in there. Even Phil said the same thing. I, wa- I want to take some time off so I can turn around and be the man I always thought I could be. And um, after a while, when, the, when society starts getting jaded, um, that's when you're in trouble. And so just take your licks. Even some of these PR firms said Phil can come back yeah. through all this. Um, probably wouldn't be associated with this this realm anymore, um, but I think a lot of people learn stuff. I would thought this was interesting. What Xander uh, Shoffley said he goes, "We had met and discussed with representatives of the SGL LIV. LIV was the yeah. organization that started the SGL, only to come to the conclusion that the SGL isn't close to a finished product or business model. Therefore, my allegiance to the PGA Tour, my belief in positive changes at the verge of implementing the PGA Tour, in particular when it comes to shared intellectual property." Hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. Size of purses and overall transparency never waived. So he didn't say no. He just said it's not ready yet, Yeah, essentially, I think, which I thought was kind of interesting. I think the league kind of, if from the outside perspective that I have, I would say the league seems like it just came in thinking, okay, all we really need to do is throw a bunch of money. If we get a big treasure chest and it's filled with money, people, it doesn't, we don't need to have the, all that other stuff figured out yet. And then they realize, oh, oh, no, that everyone does, we do have to have all this other stuff and that players can't commit to anything connected to Saudi Arabia or this or that. Like, we didn't – obviously, they thought of this. They're not – they're smarter than me. But it seems like they weren't as prepared for the backlash. And here's the last thing. So all this about can you – can the anybody prove that the tour is a monopoly and that they um, can ban people and, and what kind of teeth does that have? Well, right now they haven't had to prove it. So once, if that ever happens, maybe Greg Norman and his band of lawyers can go after them, and maybe it's an out-of-court settlement or whatever. But right now the tour doesn't have to prove anything. Is they, that what they're trying to prove? Is that they're a monopoly? Because I mean, I would think you can't. I mean, that's not true. There's even you could argue. Well, there's many tours. Right. <laughs> there's there's. It's not a monopoly. They're just the best at just like saying that you're saying they're, they're banning you from further. Uh, participation. Yeah, that's what they're saying. But again, the, the tour doesn't have to actually prove those words because nobody's leaving, and there's no there's there's no case. Right. So that's another that's another bit I think that that and the other league has to start for that to like to have. Yeah, it has it, to be in and to start. You better have some players. Right. Right. So back to the problem of if you don't have the talent, yep. it doesn't matter. All right, so there you go. That's Mark uh, Samble. He's uh, filling in for Craig. He caddied on tour for over 200 pro events, won a tour event, 
Kevin Tway. And next couple segments, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll talk about what it's like being a caddy and get off this because, wow. I mean, I'm sure there's more down the road. but oh, Let's hope not. Yeah, let's hope not as get well. Get back to golf. Mm-hmm. And that was brought to you by Ham's Meats and Market over in McKinney. Go by. He's open tomorrow, Tony Smith. And his lovely wife Sarah is over there too. So they have everything you'd ever want uh, to make a great dinner, a great barbecue, whatever. It's hams, meats, and market. All right, before we get to market and what caddying is all about, let's talk about advancedplaster.com. I recently had my pool um, redone. Actually, it's been almost a year now when I said recently. Uh, it kind of looked like shag carpet, meaning it was 1980-style design. It had dark brick coping, and it was just eh, it was just looking a little, well, it was looking a lot tired. And uh, worked with uh, uh, JT, JT Pierce, over at Advanced Plaster, and he came out, gave me an assessment, and told me not only what to get, but what he recommended, he told me what not to get. And I thought that was really cool, because it's really easy to just say, you know, you should do this, and you should do this. No, you shouldn't do that, because it's just going to be a waste of money. And we automated the entire system, um, so I can... Uh, control everything by my phone app and I can turn on the spa I can turn on the pump I can turn on the heater I can do whatever and uh, lights just with a push of a button so we sent a lot of people over there and many many clients are, have come back to us and said you know well, I'm sure glad you talked about JT over there because uh, they did a great job and if there was an issue on anything took care of it, it happens it's called life uh, life is what happens when you make other plans so uh, give them a call advancedplaster.com and uh, they will take excellent, excellent care of you and tell them the T-Box sent you. Message from Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Today looks like the last day for a while of what I would call inclement golf weather. It can be a high of 39 and then t- tomorrow 55 and then it gets in the 60s and 70s the rest of the week. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff for uh, golf. Mark Stamble is a former PGA Tour caddy. Caddied over 200 pro events uh, for uh, Kevin Tway, Scott Harrington, um, Harrison Fraser. And so he knows a little bit about the ins and outs of the game. And now he's in the turf business. Yep. So he's starting that up pretty soon. And uh, so we thought we'd have him on uh, filling in for Craig. Craig's doing some business up in Kansas City. He'll be back next week when we're at PGA Tour Superstores. Today we're broadcasting from Crest Cars. So, I'll pepper you with some questions on the because I'm always intrigued by caddies. I'm one time caddied for uh, Todd Hamilton. Mm-hmm. By the way, he, this was his, the first event he won was the Honda. Oh yeah, in the states. So, uh, uh, happy anniversary to that, uh, Todd. <laughs> and I was caddying for him in a pro am over at the, over at the Four Seasons. And I couldn't believe I, I've been playing golf since I was 12. And you think you pick up some things and some nuances and what to do, what not to do. I didn't have a clue. And I was the caddy of the pro. So the other guys were you know, just having their buddies do it. And they were kind of looking at me to kind of lead the way and know where to mark and know where to place my bag. And I was just a mess. So I think one time I was so, I was so uh, headstrong on what I was trying to do that the, the bag started tipping over a little bit and the club started falling out. And then, oh, yeah. and then one time I go by the lake or, and I was going to uh, wet the towel so I could clean Todd's uh, golf clubs, and he goes, uh, no, PGA Tour Wee's bottle water. <laughs> I went, okay. So enough of me trying to uh, trying to uh, impersonate somebody that does this for a living. Uh, how long did it take you to get acclimated to um, the, being comfortable? Comfortable, 
didn't take too long just because I grew up. I mean, you play college golf, mm-hmm. and you when you start out, usually you're in groups with people that you're not with. You know, Thursday, Friday, when you're a rookie on tour, you get paired with other rookies and stuff. So you're not in these featured groups. You're last off. You don't get to see Tiger Woods and all right. those people. They take tee off an hour and a half before you, even if they're on the same way. Mm-hmm. So that part of it. But then when you finally get into some of those bigger groups on Saturday and Sunday, and all of a sudden there's there are crowds, and you have to quiet the crowds, or you have to hold your hands up and whatnot, um, all that type of stuff that's when you kind of get the nerves and you're like oh no like i don't want to be in the way like all of a sudden you're standing in the way of you know phil mickelson or something it's a bigger deal than if you're standing in the way of kevin tway and there's a lot of nuances too where do you stand on the green where do you place your bag yeah um, you a know. lot of it's blown out a little bit over overblown yeah i mean these guys i mean if you're in the wrong spot the guy's just going to tell you to move mm-hmm. and if like certain guys don't like certain things they might tell you before the round starts it's kind of like when you play with a left-handed guy you always feel like you're in their way mm-hmm. because you're standing behind them which is kind of a no-no and you're like especially on the tee like you could be two feet behind their back and you're like man if they see me but they're used to that right the right. left-handed guys are used to people behind them not in front of them whereas a the right-handed guys used to them standing in front so it's not rocket science obviously it's like you said earlier in the show you know keep up shut up that kind of thing mm-hmm. it's, it, that's it's a large part of it was there somebody that was a mentor for you uh, one of the top you know caddies um, kind of took you under your wing or you just you, you just observe something go, oh wow i never thought about that more observation and the hanging around with guys and just kind of picking their brain some the older guys i always like to go to dinner with and stuff hear their old stories and they also have a lot of course knowledge that you just can't get unless you are they free with that yeah yeah i mean i tell this story a bunch i think i might have told it last time i was on but like at the masters the first time the only time i worked there i went on sunday before and walked the course with paul tesori mm-hmm. who's caddy for great a lot caddy. of great players yeah one of the best guys out there more importantly but he works for Webb Simpson now and they've had a long relationship and Webb's one of the best guys out there but we did the back nine together that Sunday and it was one of my greatest caddy experiences no one on the course we did got all the numbers for 15 with the layups he gave me all the little tricks like okay if it rains you don't want to hit it up into the fans because then they put down all the cat litter stuff mm-hmm. to dry it up and rock so you end up up there and you don't get a drop and you'll be on rocks sure and it's, you would never know that without somebody like that telling you because that is where you bail out but you can't if it's rain and stuff like that and so it's just getting to observe how they what they look for and stuff like that you learn a lot you definitely take it in if you're smart <laughs> so the guys you caddied for um were they the type that wanted a lot of input from you, or just, I'll, I'll let you know when I need it? Kevin, I was involved in every shot. Kind of like Bones and Phil. They kind of um, seemed like they yeah. worked out a lot. Yeah, my me and Kevin were more, it was full-time, like, I was always on. More so with some of the guys you work for, like, when you're walking down the fairway, you're not chatting. You're Like, it's only, you're more there for work. I was there with Kevin doing everything from mixing protein shakes, reminding him to eat, texting him in the morning, saying... So you're, you're basically, a, you're a golf butler, I, yeah. I was for Kevin. Certain guys, different, and they'll let you know or not let you know and just expect you to figure it out. Um, but 
like Harrison Frazier, it was more of, I'll see you at eight. Have me some balls on the range. I'm going to hit some balls, and then we'll go to the course. So and do you like that better than no, the input I en- guy? I enjoyed, when I worked for Scott Harrington, he was the same. He, he did, was low maintenance and super great to work for. Don't get me wrong. I mean, very, very easy job, like low stress from the sense of you know what you were going to get. Obviously, the job is stressful. But the I enjoyed more of really being involved. And some people hate it. You know, when we were out of the country, I would I'd make peanut butter jellies in my room to bring to him, like stupid stuff that you're not supposed to really be doing. But if it's going to help us, if it's going to save us half a shot, I'll do whatever I have to do. I don't care. Uh, we're talking to Mark Stamble. He is uh, filling in for Craig today. He was a tour caddy for about 200 events, and they, he and uh, Kevin Whitway won a PGA Tour event, so that's always a nice feather in your cap. Um. Craziest things you've had to put in your bag? Um, I mean, you always carry a modium. Yes, just in case, right? Yeah, and you can... Uh, Especially if you play out down in Mexico or some Iacoba oh, yeah. or whatever. No, yeah, that's definitely... Like, um, definitely have that and maybe some uh, some wipes just in case it's a little hot out there. And But outside of that, the... I mean... Some guys have, it's funny, uh, every now and then you'd get to the course and you'd see somebody cleaning out their bag, their player's bag, while they're inside in the locker. And the stuff they pull out, they'll pull out 25 gloves. <laughs> and you'd think, well, that it doesn't add up. It does. No, let me tell you, when you got 25 gloves, and all of a sudden they'll find 20 golf balls between like two or three in each pocket that are old, old, you know, bars from three years ago that are still sitting in there. I remember when I started when I was playing in some pro ams and somebody would caddy for us, and that's the first thing I would do is go through my bag and see what was in there. And when you're an amateur player, you just collect balls. You know, mm-hmm. you never throw out balls; you lose them. But if you haven't, if you haven't lost a ball, they go in the bag for maybe a water ball shot or whatever. And all of a sudden, you have maybe a dozen, couple dozen balls in there. And you, if you walk that for 18 holes, it makes a difference. Yeah. And you don't need all that stuff. Or you're friendly caddy buddy thinks it's funny and sees your bag sitting on the putting green while you're eating breakfast and decides to put an anvil in there two full bottles of water in the belly that you never open and you're not going to open and all of a sudden you get done with the day and you're like man heavy and you're eating lunch with your buddy says is your bag heavy today gosh darn it you might (laughs) use some other words and you open your bag and there's two full water bottles in there just sitting in the bottom have you ever come close to uh, your, where your player would run out of golf balls? No, I've never been. We and never had that. I mean, that's really, really rare. Because I know John Daly's done it a, a, a few times where they had to run up to the pro shop between It can nines. really only happen to somebody like that. They would have to be like a combo of you showed up late. Because you go in the locker room, these tour players have – two or three dozen golf balls that are put in their locker every single Monday of Mm -hmm. every week. So your routine is you go in the locker room, do your thing, put on your shoes, grab your golf balls. Like, I mean, if you stand by locker room at the PGA Tour, the players come out of the locker room with maybe umbrella, a couple new gloves, and two sleeves of balls. And that's what they put, and maybe their snacks for the day. And they Mm -hmm. put, and the caddy has the bag, and they put it all in the bag. So that's like part of the routine. So running out of golf balls... And nowadays it can't happen either because you you can get more golf balls. Where? Just go run back into the pro, uh, 
you could uh, back yeah. in the clubhouse and go get some work. Yeah, like if you were a fan or whatever if you were on agent. The, if you were on the eighth tee, and it you have, I mean, you need it to be quickly, but you call a rules official and say, "I need somebody to run to my locker and get golf balls." They would, and you actually can borrow a golf ball from your competitor as long as it's the same golf ball. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. The problem is a lot of these tour players play a golf ball that you can't buy in a pro shop. Yes, that is so true. They play a title as left dot, which no one knows what it is. How often did you have to go back to the uh, equipment trailer to get a club or get something regripped? Is it was it a um, constant journey? Nobody that I worked for ever was like a real, like constant fiddler with their clubs. Um, but there are guys that you ask the club company, like, oh, here comes so and so's caddy. Wonder what clubs he wants today or what he wants to do today and they're always oh i saw this shaft or i saw my buddy using this wedge and constantly doing stuff but i mean you run in there you get the perk of the tour compared to even the corn ferry is those little things like getting things regripped lies and lofts checked that kind of stuff it's a nice perk of the tour and does help improve the quality of their game and do most caddies get uh, clubs comped? Um, get hooked up, but it usually needs to be more responsible of your player. Like the player would be like, hey, man, it's Christmas. You want a new set of irons? I'll tell TaylorMade to send you some. Not There's some caddies that ask. I was never the guy that would go in the trailer and be like, hey, can I get this putter? You just don't want to get that name. Okay. All right, that's Mark Sample. He's a, uh, well, he's a... PGA Tour caddy has been uh, over 200 tournaments. Yes, he is the son of Bob Sample, Bob Steak and Chop House. And yes, he has he's starting his own turf company. What's the name of that site? Other Side Turf. Other Side Turf. So be on the lookout for that. Go check it out and see his fine work. Certainly. Thank you. All right. So up next, more things to talk about as far as being a caddy, including the um, the maneuvering of trying to get a bag. <laughs> And how does that work? And how do you keep your bag and all that? Well, but before we do that, let's talk about the greatness of PGA Tour Superstores. They have four of them in the Metroplex. We will be at the City of Arlington store down on I-20 on Cooper, I believe. That will be next Saturday. One thing I love about the Superstores is when you're looking for equipment, you're looking for bags, you're looking for apparel, you're looking for accessories, they have it. I've said this a million times. If they don't have it, you don't need it. Um, the one right over here on Preston is maybe their Shangri-La store. They also have one in Southlake. They have one up in Plano and obviously the one down in, uh, in Arlington. You can get clubs regrip there. You can get the T-Box special. A lot of people have forgotten about this, but I still get texts. What was that What was that special again? If you mention T-Box at the register, you get $20 off uh, your first 100 spent. On a separate deal, you can get $50 off 250 so that's 70 bucks off $350. That's a pretty good saving just by mentioning the T-Box. And you can get a full bag fitting if you type in T-Box on the online um, reservation list. And they will get that for free. That's like a $150 value. So more than, more than worthy. And they have a bunch of new drivers coming out. Cobra has them. And obviously uh, TaylorMade has them. Callaway has one now. They're just coming out in droves. So if you're looking for that magical driver to keep it in the fairway and blow peg Walmart, your uh, fellow buddies, um, check them all out because they're hot and they're ready and they are can get in your hands by tomorrow. How about or today even? How about let's do that? So check it out. It's PGA Tour Superstores. Again, if they don't got it, you don't need it at all. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Tick. 
All right, T-Box out at Crest Cars today, last Saturday of the month. Uh, we'll be out here again for the Players' Championship in a couple weeks. Uh, Crest Volvo, Crest Cadillac, Crest Infinity. Uh, we will mix with Country Force here in the next segment. Uh, we're in the midst of talking to Mark Samble. He's filling in for Craig Rosengarten today, who's up in Kansas City uh, doing some business. He'll be back next week when we're at PGA Tour Superstores. Uh, Mark caddied on tour for over 200 events, played at college golf at SMU. Nice. Exactly. And knows what he's doing. So we're in the midst of asking him some some questions about what it's like uh, being a caddy. So there's always a lot of uh, maneuvering to move up a bag, move up status in a bag. And one of the things that used to drive me crazy, and I guess it's the nature of the beast, is players do it as well. So let's say you're a corn Ferry player. You get your PGA Tour card. Well, I don't think my caddy is as good as uh, I can get somebody on tour, maybe doesn't know the courses, that type of thing. Conversely, it's the same thing with caddies. If they have a chance to move up to a, um, a top-flight bag, why wouldn't they? Yeah, I know. It, it, it happens all the time. And like you said, it's, it's interesting on the Corn Ferry, especially what happens when those guys graduate and get their cards and go to the PGA Tour. You watch some of them. Obviously had the best year of their career so far, young careers, win the money list, whatever, finish, whatever, top 25 and get their card and they show up to that first tournament in the fall and they have a different caddy that they've never, never met, never worked an event with. I always find that interesting. I don't see why. I, I understand the logic is, like you said, that some of these guys know the their veteran caddies out on the PGA Tour, and there are guys that have been stuck on the Corn Ferry Tour that get that label. Um, you get slotted. Yeah, you get just your Corn Ferry Tour caddy, and that's your life, and you kind of play that role, and you get the best bags out there, but you just don't ever get make that jump. Um, Which I find interesting because I know some of the top flight players, uh, Rory has a buddy. Mm-hmm. Do it. Some some uh, players use their wives or girlfriends, and it's just that's definitely become more of a thing. And a lot of players hated that when it became a thing, because uh, players or caddies, 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 caddies. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. Like I know when when Jason Day got his buddy mm-hmm. to come caddy, it was a big deal. They were like a lot of and Rory, same thing. When he fired JP, people were caddies were rooting against. Sure. Well, because it's because like, well, if you if they find out, oh, I can have my buddy out here. We go to dinner every night, and I can pay him a little less. We have more fun, and I still win. So they were worried that the players were going to realize they don't need us, and it hasn't worked that way. I mean, it's still the the. I mean, yeah, some of the friends have become good caddies and whatnot, but it's not. The friendship only gets you so far. Still, that's what I was thinking. It's a career. It's just like if you start a business with your best friend, but the business could do better without him eventually you're gonna move mm-hmm. on and it might not be the end of your friendship but the, you're gonna do what's best for the business okay so is it easier for the caddies not having the green reading books or tougher or what? no way harder for the caddies than the players i would say so do the you, you could think- caddy from your couch to some extent with a greens book and a good yardage book Mm-hmm. because it shows you all the slopes, so I can tell you where not to hit it based on where they give you the pin sheet. And so, like, I never used the greens books to read greens for the most part. I used it more on second shots, like into the green. Gotcha. Because that's where more where, I where played a role. Yeah. yeah, hey, what, are we between seven and eight? Well, okay, 
past this hole is going to be a downhill putt. Don't want that. So hit the 8-iron. Hit it hard. You can't get past the hole. Or I can see left of the hole, even though it looks like is where you should miss it, it runs away, so you're actually better off short-sided to the right because the slope's all into you. Do uh, Are there any – okay, you don't have to name names either, but is there any top-flight tour players that lean on their caddy way too much for green reading? Yeah, I mean, Charles Howell mm-hmm. is probably the perfect example. Like, he – 100%, there's times from what I've been told that, like, he doesn't read putts. It's your His caddy tells him where to hit it. There's something to that. I remember one time I was playing – He's not a good putter. Yeah, well, that <laughs> – so it goes hand in hand, right? But um, I know I'm not a great putter either. And if somebody tells me what to do, it takes all the uh, guesswork out of it. I'm more I'm, I'm more committed to that putt. Yeah. And one time, I, I don't know, I might have one-putted Dallas Nash like 10 times, but only because he gave me a good read. I just listened to him. He gave you a good read the first time. Yeah, and then or it, it builds or it, confidence. Or it went in the first time. Yeah, more than exactly. Anything else. And so all of a sudden you think this guy, oh, my God, he's the best greens reader in the world. And then you fall, and whether you start, but they start going in, you start rolling it better, and it, it same thing happens on tour. I used to love when Kevin would ask me to read a putt on the first hole from like 25 feet, and we'd miss it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds stupid, but it meant, well, especially if I was like wrong. If I was like, no, I think it's a foot out, and he's like, I think it's six inches, and he plays it a foot, and he misses six inches high. And... I'm like, oh, that's perfect. He's not going to ask me the rest of the day. <laughs> I don't, you don't done. want that pressure? Yeah. It, it, well, it's just the green reading is so – it's feel. I mean, there's a lot to it. It's, it's got to be the right pace. You have to both see it on the same pace for you to be able to do this, have the same read. I'm amazed when I watch it on TV um, how good these guys are at distance control on their putts. That's the biggest difference between an amateur golfer it's and amazing. a pro golfer. To make more putts, you need more consistent speed. Like, if you ask Jordan Spieth what he does, and I think he's said this many times, like, he's trying to make every putt, but the best way for him to make every putt is to have correct speed. It, it's been proven scientifically. It makes the hole larger. That's what aim point kind of proved. Like, if you if the ball rolls 12 inches past the hole, that increases the likelihood that the ball rolls into the hole instead of lips out. Makes sense. Um, aim point. So now that they don't have green reading books, mm-hmm. I'm watching these guys. They're straddling their putting line, right. and they do it two or three times, and they get back, and they point, and they pull, spread out their fingers, either mm-hmm. one or two. What are they doing? So it's called Aim Point Express. It's the same thing as what the greens books eliminated the human factor of. Um, so that you feel with your feet, you practice this, so you'd have a level. Like you'll see a lot of guys on tour, which they're not allowed to use anymore either with devices, but a level like you'd get at Home Depot, an electric uh-huh. one. I mean, a digital Man. one. Yep. Um, and it'll tell you it's one degree slope. So they practice what does that feel like in your feet. And to the normal person, they're like, well, you can't feel 1%. No, with practice, you can. Whatever. So that's what they're doing when they walk the line. They're straddling it, feeling, okay, one degree here, two degrees there, one degree there. So you take an average, let's call it, it ends up being 1%, and then they calibrate their fingers, I don't want to get too in-depth, to the speed of the greens, to how far away they hold it from their face, and when they hold up their finger, yeah, it's it's pretty (laughs) elaborate, but it's also very simple once you know how to do it, and they show it on TV, and you're like, well, this takes forever. Well, no, but this is instead of sitting behind the putt and staring at it. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of these guys don't read putts like they used to, like, 
kneeling down behind it. There's no reason to. So they hold up their fingers if it's 1% and use one finger, and that's how far outside they hold it up to the hole. You hold it in different places depending sure. on it. But How long did it take you to get used to it? Um, I took a lesson on how to do it a couple times a few years ago. Kevin paid for me to go learn how to do aim point, and I would say the bigger benefit of aim point is it teaches you, really shows you how brakes work and shows you how high you actually have to start balls compared to what you think and where they actually start. And so a lot of people that do aim point, like Kevin, he didn't use aim point, but what it did is it made him a better putter because he learned how to read putts. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not very good at it. Well, it's a lot about learning the high side and understanding the importance of speed. That that, that really nothing matters. The line can be so – the cup's four and a half inches. Your line only has to – it has to be within four and a half inches mm-hmm. right, like correct. Yeah. And if it's the right speed, it'll go in. But if it's the wrong speed, it's got to be perfect. How many times have you seen a caddy fire a player? Um, It happens. I fired mine. But I've seen it done. I, I've actually seen it done mid-round. I think somebody did it with VJ one time. I yeah, think he just got fed up. Mike Hicks did it with Grayson Murray. Um, there's been a few. That's a bold play <laughs> because no matter whether you're right or wrong, it's going to stick to you. Yeah, you're the guy who gave up on your guy, and they're still paying your checks, and they still needed you out there, and you left. So, I. I've wanted to. I think everybody's had plenty of times they've wanted to walk off and say, this is stupid, but I, you got to be cautious if you're going to continue to do it, continue to caddy. How, uh, how tough is it to speed up play? Um, I think it's impossible unless they start stroke. The only answer that would really work is either shorten the actual round, which probably isn't going to happen. Um, I think it should happen for the casual golfer. I think 12-hole golf courses mm-hmm. around the w- country and world will will at some point be a thing. Because I'm a big you, fan of nine holes. Yeah, and 12 is perfect for gambling, fun games. You can do six and six, and you could play in under three hours even if it's busy. But I think the real answer on tour, and they know it is, is to you got to start stroking Penalties, Penalty strokes, strokes. Not, because, yeah, you not fines. Do, you can't do fines because there's no fine that's – you can't say 100000 because mm-hmm. what if you're missing the cut on Friday and you're going to find some – so, but strokes directly correlates to all that points, money, and pride. And how do they determine uh, who the slow player in the group Because the group is the one that gets put on the they, clock. They put you on the clock, and then they have a rules official there that times everybody, and then when you get bad times is when you actually get real. Right. You get 10 timings a year before you start getting fined. That's too much. It's no, because, again, you can get, like, rookies, especially you're at the end of the wave, mm-hmm. you're more likely to be on the like, – the problem is it's kind of like once you get in the marquee groups, you don't have to worry about they don't timing care. anymore. Well, it's not that they don't care. You're in the middle of the wave. Yeah. So you, you you're kind of – Kind of insulated? Yeah, because there's always going to be somebody that has to take a drop, so you're going to be able to catch back up or, like, different groups. But it's when you're at the end or the beginning. Like, if you're the first or the last group off on Thursday or Friday, it's highly likely you're going to get timed. How often uh, does it affect play stroke-wise, uh, depending on who you're playing with? Um, certain guys, the I'd say the middle-tier guy, like the, the, the top players, they don't care. Right. They're so meant. They're they're zoned in. I mean, yes, everyone wants to play with their buddies, of 
course. Um, but the middle tier guys, you you hear more on Tuesday when you get the text. Everyone gets their text with their tee times on Tuesdays, and you'll hear more of the average guy. Ah, I got to play with so and so again, or he's a two stroke penalty. That's that's the the common phrase you hear. Oh, playing with so and so is a two stroke penalty. And then there's other guys that it's like he's the best. Play with Matt Jones. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Oh God, he's. I, I wish everybody could play like that. Oh, you have to be careful putting your bag down or picking your bag up. You don't think he's about to hit, and he's hit, and then he's already back to talking to you. Like, and DJ's kind of like outside of being on the green. DJ Dustin DJ's Johnson fast. is very fast, except on the green he takes his time. The good thing about DJ is he doesn't care if you pick up your bag. Because he doesn't know you're in the group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's funny. I find him refreshing in, in just the fact that it. he just doesn't he, he doesn't spend a lot of time thinking. He he's a good he's smart golfer. He's genius. Yeah, he just uh, he doesn't let the, the little things affect him. He's the him. perfect stupid. Yeah, yeah, he really he's is the he's best beneficial stupid. The top athletes in any sport are either really smart or dumb enough that they realize if i just focus on this i'm going to be good at it but i don't really need to worry about too much else or yeah. else it could screw it up absolutely all right mark it's been a pleasure um it's been a blast thanks for uh filling in for craig i love all the information and uh, uh best of luck on your new business i appreciate it yeah name thanks of the website again other side turf other side turf and also don't forget about our uh march thir- 13th avid golfer tournament at texas rangers golf club Huge amount of added value. Uh, it's a great golf course. They have a stupendous um, clubhouse now. It's all done. And uh, it's one of my new favorite haunts uh, because uh, the gifts of value are over 300 bucks right on of, of itself. You get a Corn Ferry event ticket. By the way, go see that Corn Ferry yeah. event. Very worthy. Hole-in-one for $10,000 on an only 100-yard hole. Scotty Scheffler shot 59 there. Yes, he COVID. did. Yes, he did. Shout out to Scotty. That was awesome to see him win he's good dallas guy and good family so check it out at myavidgolfer.com again a few spots remaining it's march 13th the avid golfer tournament all right we'll mix with country force right after i talk about the greatness of preston painting so when you're looking at your house and you need to spruce up some kind of idea some kind of um, construction done nothing picks up the the attractiveness of a house quicker and easier than painting but don't do it yourself do it get it with somebody that knows what they're doing they're not slopping paint around everywhere or getting the wrong color or leaving stuff you know half half baked somewhere preston painting uh, uh bourbon hatton does a, a fantastic job they came out and looked at craig's house looked at my house and we got a couple of rooms done they're meticulous uh they're fast and so when they leave, you see this brand-new canvas, this brand-new paint. might even be the same paint color. It might be a different paint color. The bottom line is it looks better immediately, and uh, no fuss, no muss. You come back in, everything's back where, where it was started, and, um, and you'll be happy long time. That's why I call it happy long time. So check it out. It's Preston Painting. Preston Painting indoors, outdoors. They'll do some little construction things, too, if you need it, some handiwork done. But, man, it's so easy. They come in. They get it done, they leave, and the job they do is spectacular. Preston Painters. On Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Tick. All right, 9.55 on The Ticket. Another T-Box in the books. Big thanks out to Crest Cars and all their folks. Obviously, awesome breakfast we've had here, yes. too. Sausage nice and hash treat. browns and eggs and Texas toast. 
Good stuff out of here. Crest Cars, Crest Volvo, Infinity, and Cadillac. Next week will be a PGA Tour Superstores. Don't forget to go to uh, myavidgolfer.com. Check out our latest or next uh, golf tournament, March 13th, at Texas Rangers Golf Club. $300 worth of added value. Very worthy. It'll be fun. And uh, Craig and I will be on a hole, and there's a par 3. be 100 yards, and you can win $10,000. Uh, again, I want to thank uh, Mark Samble, uh, former PGA Tour caddy. He's got his own business now, going to do some turf. Turf? What's the website? Other Side Turf. There you go. Residential turf installation. Excellent, excellent. Uh, current out of your engineering. Always good to see your smiling face. Jay, back at the station, exemplary job as always, and Jonathan Dodd. Thanks for doing those little teases on upcoming uh, segments. That's that's good stuff. I like that. I like it. All right. Uh, without further ado, we bring up Country Force, Eli, Ty, Ty, Eli. Mm. Good morning. Hi, T-Box. How's you doing? Great. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad. Nope, 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 nope. Hey, now. Cooking no. any meat this weekend, uh, Eli? Cooking? No, I don't have anything planned. You got no cooking meat? No, no, no but I don't know. The weather's kind of kind of icky, so I don't know. It's it's always a possibility, but don't have anything planned as of right now. Hmm. I think golf is in order next week. Looks like temps yeah, it's be pretty, looking like that's going to be a possibility. Finally, I'm really getting about tired of this gloomy, cold, rainy nonsense. Yeah, ready, got, ready for what, leaves on trees and flowers and green stuff. You know, this is the time of year where it's supposed to be very important to take vitamin D3. Because you're not getting any get sunshine. Ups- yeah. You're supposed to have at least 15 to 20 minutes of sunshine a day. Well, I haven't gotten mine recently. <laughs> oh. You are my it. sunshine. Oh, shut Aw, look at you guys. <laughs> Jeez. So oh, Kern like that. <laughs> so sweet. Hey, you guys watch... Uh, Jack Reacher. Uh, no, no. I've heard good things. Corby Corby was uh pumping that up for about two days and then he got into it about halfway and he kinda lost interest. It's <laughs> it's mindless fun. The guy that is the lead is I mean, he's a real life Hulk. He's pretty hunky. Man, he's and he said he had to put on uh, thirty five to forty pounds of muscle. What are we talking about? Corby here? Or? Not Corby, no, the not guy Corby. on okay. Jack Reacher. Yeah, it's got a little, uh, if you ever were a fan of Justified, it's kind of got that vibe to yeah. it. Um, you know, kind of a back uh, back roads town, and um, there's always one guy that, that rules the town. It's kind of like a narrative. It's kind of like Roadhouse, that type of thing. Roadhouse. And he All goes right, you have there. my attention. <laughs> yeah, and he goes in there, and he just. Does he tear anyone's Adam's apple out? Yeah, okay. kind of like that. Oh, oh, did you ever see Banshee? No. On Showtime. Okay, kind of the same thing. Guy comes into town, nobody knows who he is. and uh, Didn't they have, yeah. a, like, a terrible Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher movie? That's Yeah, there was, that's they the, did. That's the polar opposite here is that the movie had five foot four Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher, and <laughs> yeah. now you've got the Incredible Hulk as Jack yep. Reacher. Okay. And I think in the book, me, I think the Hulk. original character was Hulky. Yeah. Something like that. But, I mean, if you're into... You know, sometimes you want to think, and other times you don't. And this is a don't, but it's a uh, but it's fun. Don't. Are you watching? Are you are you one of these folks that watches Yellowstone? Yes. I've my wife. My wife has watched it. Uh, she's gotten into the first season or so, and I've caught a couple of the episodes going through the living room or wherever she's. And I'll, man, that show. 
it's full throttle, man. Yeah, it, it's good. It's it's far fetched, obviously. Very far fetched. I, I describe it as Sons of Anarchy on horses. That's pretty much That's what a it good, is. Yeah. Do you see or Kevin Costner age. doing it a lot? Nah, I haven't seen Kevin Costner do it yet. Has Has the wife made you put on the chaps yet with no pants underneath and no parade parade around the room? She she calls me John Dutton. (laughs) Well, if you're my age, refers to you as Rip with your (laughs) with your (laughs) Star Wars tattoos. (laughs) Did you have pants on? Okay, so your guy's age would remind you of Sons of of Anarchy, but with a cowboy hat. Mine is mine is uh, it reminds me of Dallas. Yeah, a little bit, but with a cowboy hat. Maybe a little edgier. Dallas, yeah, Dallas on, like, crack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then, I'm, and then I got roped in 1883. So you haven't started uh, that yet because I don't, I don't want to pay for the Paramount Plus or whatever. It's kind of depressing. It's like watching, you, a ca- watching a wagon train and just going over all the obstacles and challenges and half people don't make it. And I say, yeah, it's like I Oregon can... Trail, except yes. on television. <laughs> yes, I need, I need, I need a, like a feel-good escape. You've died of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trying to figure out, because we have everything we need, right, as far as uh, hygiene typically and all that, how long can you go without a shower? i, I got to think oh, they're going months. I, a day at most? Ugh. Yes. Gross. You're wearing the same clothes. And I am never changed. just fanatical about my showers, too. Like, I have to have yes. a certain amount of water pressure. And, like, I hate the showers that you see in all the, like, upscale hotels now that just have, like, the kind of rain flow. Yeah, like, I hate those. Like, I want. The dribbler? <laughs> yes. Like, I, I want it to blast the hair follicles out of my skull. Huh. Pressure wash. Yes, pretty much. I don't know, Eli. It looks like it did it. Okay, it's a ball joke. <laughs> I don't think Eli appreciated that. And uh, I have a beer. Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm seeing here that you can go, probably go as long as you want without showering, without it affecting your health too much. You'll stink to high heaven, but yeah, can, at some point it's going to impact your health. And then, if everybody stinks, does that matter? Yeah, I mean, I you, guess, doesn't your nose get used to that after a while? Yeah, your, your I would think so. If y'all have bo, then nobody has bo, I guess. Boy, nowadays though, if somebody's pretty ripe, I mean, it's <sighs> you know immediately where it's coming from. I, I used I used to work with a lady that God bless her soul, she just had bad hygiene, and <sighs> she would she I don't know if she was a real fond fa- a fan of the deodorant. And one day she would always wear like a jacket and oh. she took the jacket off and it was oh, like, yeah. it was like lifting a lid on a crock pot. <laughs> <laughs> just it hits you. Pot. It just hits you. This, oh, my God. oh, the BO was just, oh, off the charts. <laughs> what a description. Oh, it was lifting just, the lid oh, on a just crock pot. Like when a boiling water and just, woof. <laughs> just yeah, the optional deodorants. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Oh, awful. <laughs> well, that just, uh, like it, 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 I think we've all done this where you shower in the morning and then for some reason you just forget the application deodorant. of deodorant. Yeah, and you get like halfway to work. I will actually pull Feel over naked. at a Seven Eleven and buy deodorant and put it on. Like I will, really? I will buy a stick. You can survive a few hours without I just, deodorant. I, it, it bothers me. I just you won't be squared away otherwise. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. I, feel, I, I, I just feel it. gross if I don't. So I will actually stop. I will run into a convenience yeah. store. And I will buy whatever it, they've got. Be like McConaughey. He says his natural musk. 
well, attracts women. As, as soon as I have and skunks, 300, and mil- $300 million yes. in the bank, then I'll go with natural musk. <laughs> Until then, I think I'm going to stick with my deodorant. So if you forget to brush your teeth, do you go back? That's a little different. I still don't feel squared away, but I'm. you don't really run the risk of I'm being a- too overly stinky. But and, you, and you, you always can always, gum. yeah, or mints or yeah. something. And, you know, I'm, I'm usually, I've got one of those um, Sonicare toothbrushes. Whoa. And so I, which are fantastic, by the way, if you haven't tried one. But uh, so I actually really thoroughly enjoy brushing my teeth. So it's one of the things that I look forward to <laughs> in the morning. Enjoy. The, for sure. I, I really enjoy it. See you oh. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Fallers. <laughs> Just enjoying it. God. <laughs> All right, we've taken enough of your time. What, Great what are you personal talk hygiene about today? talk, guys. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, we've got some stuff and things. Probably talk a little uh, baseball strike. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. uh, no lockout, war. not strike. Whatever, lockout, strike. It's all the same crap. They're never going to play. This is you garbage. Think, do you think fans are getting way more patient these days? It's like whatever. I think. I think there's uh, indifference. I think that's when, what I'm thinking. I think there's just so many people that see this going on, and they're like. Okay, and call, it's, like, my life? it's like call me when the season starts. Yeah, exactly. And, and if anything, much where I'm at. a non-baseball fan. Yeah, and if you're Manfred, that's got to worry the pee out of you that, that fans just are like kind of, okay, well, whatever. It's going to happen eventually. We'll get baseball, whatever. Well, like COVID, uh, one great uptick would be a shorter season. Yes. Uh, if you can figure out a way to convince the owners that they'll get the same amount of money from 140 games or even less than they do 162, they'll do that. If you have 140 games but you price accordingly, so now the games matter a little bit more, would people be willing to spend a little bit more? Mm. Maybe not for the product we're seeing. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, but they spent some I, I'm aware, and we'll see how that goes. But as of right now, they're still a pretty yeah, you garbage asking, fire franchise. Yeah, I mean, be asking a little much. Yeah, if you're a fan right. of a good team, then potentially, yes, you would spend more. But I don't know. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. We got some stars, Mavs, all that good stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. Great. All right. All right. Have fun. See yep. you, boys. Smoke if you got it. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership at Victory Park, hard by the AAC. This is Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. KTCK-AM, Dallas-Fort Worth. KTCK-FM, Flower Mound. A cumulus media station. A good time was had by all at Mullen & Mullen Personal Injury Law.